Hi there, I'm Brian, and this is the very first episode of What Should I Do With My Life. Featured in this episode is one of my good friends, Jasmine Stoy. Jasmine recently graduated from University of California, Berkeley, and is currently a product manager at Facebook. In this episode, we cover many topics ranging from what it's like to work at Facebook to how she got to where she is today. I hope you enjoy it. podcast. Thank you. I guess, do you want to give your a quick introduction about yourself? Sure. Um, my name is Jasmine Stoy. I am currently a product manager at Facebook as a part of their rotational product management program. Cool. Um, so let's start there. For those who aren't as familiar with the concept, do you want to first speak a little bit about what a product manager is um, and what sort of what they do? And then sure. you also want to talk a little bit about what being a like Facebook product manager means and like your specific program? Sure. So I guess to define product management is a little bit broad because at different companies, it means different things. I think in general, a PM product manager specifically is mainly responsible for one, setting the high level vision and direction of a product while two, designing a product that users will actually enjoy and three, helping execute the plan to make that plan a reality um, at a high level. I think that's those are the general traits of a PM. And specifically within my program, so the Rotational Product Management Program by Facebook was put into place essentially to help train the future product leaders of the company while also helping expose um, new and young PMs to different facets of the organization by working on different products. The program itself is around 18 months long and there's three different rotations. So you can work on many different products from Instagram to the core Facebook to an ads product to internet.org. It really depends on your interests. And the whole idea is just to make you feel more confident about your PM skills. How does the rotational part of it work? Um, yeah, so essentially uh, each rotation is about six months or so long. Um, and so within each rotation, you kind of have a manager that's with you that has full context on the product you're working on, while you also have a lot of side mentorship, people who've gone through the program, people who are helping guide you throughout the way. Overall, the program is extremely supportive as you go through kind of these three rotations. But essentially with each new rotation, you're kind of picking an area that you want to focus on and learn. But in general, the program is designed to kind of give you exposure to make you a well-rounded PM. So for example, if you come in with a specific background, whether it's engineering or design, the program is going to try to build the skills that you lack. So whatever doesn't complement you as well. So it's kind of going to make you a little bit uncomfortable with the hopes that by the end, you're very comfortable in all facets of PM. Sounds very cool. Yeah. Um, what do you people usually do after the program? Um, that's interesting. So I guess people are free to stay at Facebook and work on a product that they feel really passionate about more long term. Other people sometimes leave and start their own thing or work at a different, more smaller stage company. It really depends. Um, since the program is about a year and a half to two years long, it's kind of up to the person and where they want to take their career. Okay. Sounds very cool. <laughs> um, so what, what is your day to day like? What do you do like? when you get into the office to like when you leave the office? Yeah, I mean, I'm still figuring this out, this out myself. I actually just joined the company in August um, and it's almost, it's November now. So um, it hasn't been too long. So I'm still figuring out my own routine. But for now, I live in the city. So I have to deal with the commute down to South Bay, which honestly is becoming a little bit of a drag at this point, just because I end up staring out the window for like 75% of the time on the bus. Okay, maybe 75% is a little too long, but... 
Um, basically, I'll leave San Francisco around 7.45, get to Facebook at like 9, 9.30, 10 in time for breakfast, which is key. And then um, I'll have some meetings, um, usually just weekly syncs with my team and other uh, cross-functional teams just to update people on statuses. And then oftentimes I have enough time to kind of do my individual contribution work, whether that's planning a roadmap, working on an informational deck to spread across the team, um, whether it's kind of doing some feature investigation or SQL querying, um, it's really up in the air. So my time is split about half-half between meetings and that kind of individual work. Cool. Um, do you have a favorite part about your day? Um, breakfast? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the breakfast at Facebook is so good. It's honestly a main motivation for me to come into, into work before 10. Um, but besides that, in terms of my job, I mean, really, this is so stereotypical. We hear this at so many tech companies, but the people... Um, particularly that I'm working with, um, lots of role models, lots of people I look up to, um, which is great because I constantly feel like I'm being challenged and I constantly feel like I'm the least smart person in a room, um, which is great, a great environment to be challenged and to learn things in. So what kind of things do you think you've learned so far mm. that you'd like to highlight? Yeah, I mean, I think the interesting thing about a PM is something that I um, both enjoy, but also something I'm like grappling with is a lot of the things that I'm learning are a little bit more soft skill driven. So I'm learning a lot about like what's the best way to communicate in the most concise, informative, best way. Um, a lot of these things that you hear, but it's difficult for you to adopt unless you put it into practice. Um, so, so I'm learning a lot of great things in that area. The reason why I said it's something that I'm grappling with is like if you're more interested in kind of developing some hard skills, like maybe um like you want to design things like actually go into sketch and make some mocks or if you want to actually be coding line by line um you're not doing too much development on that front being a pm because we have great people on the team that specialize in those kind of areas um but in terms of like these soft skills and communicating and learning how to like get your point across and plan for the overall vision of a product and i feel like i'm learning a lot in that respect so i've heard a, a lot about good communication as one of these skills you must have yeah. um probably from the like day i set foot in preschool yeah like, you need to have good communication <laughs> skills yeah. uh, so do you do you have an answer to like what it means to be good at communicating now um that's an interesting question only because it's so broad i hate to like limit it to a singular definition i think honestly at a really, at its most basic level, I feel like being a good communicator is just communicating in such a way that people are actually listening. I mean, think about all the times in your lecture where you are kind of like zoning out. Um, like granted, that's probably like partly your fault, but also, you know, it could also be the speaker or communicator's part that they're not engaging you enough. Um, so it's kind of like learning these small things that what's the best way to engage people? Is it to be constantly asking people questions, keeping them on their toes so they're forced to listen? Is it making it really relatable to them? Is it trying to find out what motivates them and like adhering to that? Um, I don't know. It's, it's kind of like a grab bag and kind of situational, but at its most basic level, I think it's being a good communicator is communicating such that people want to listen to you. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. I'm not sure if they taught you that in preschool. <laughs> it sounds like things I've heard, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's hard to put into practice. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so are are there any things you, like, don't like about your job? Um, yeah, I mean, so this kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about 
this idea of like developing your soft skills versus your hard skills. It's really interesting just kind of being a new grad and this being my first job after graduating from UC Berkeley, um, taking on this role because I am learning a lot about the soft skill stuff. I do sometimes though have an inkling to just want to get into sketch and make those mocks myself and really like learn kind of these transferable skills. I mean, communication is transferable, but just kind of these more like things you would like put on your resume kind of skills, I guess you could say. Um, also, another thing about my job, I'm not sure if you could say it's something I dislike, but definitely something that takes getting used to is particularly at a larger company like Facebook, you kind of have to learn how to communicate and then re-communicate and be totally okay with kind of saying the same thing to different people throughout the entire day because the company is just larger and you have to keep people in the loop. So um, kind of getting used to that redundancy or figuring out how to like say the same thing in different words. Um, it can get a little tiring and sometimes like there are definitely moments where you kind of just want to like stop meetings and kind of buckle down and get to the work. But I mean, that's, that's part of the job, something to get used to. Um, so what do you think it takes to be good at being a product manager? Yeah. Um, I mean the funnel into being a good PM, I feel like is extremely wide, meaning that you can come from a variety of different backgrounds, whether you were an engineer by trade, a designer, a business person. Um, but in general, um, I, I, it's kind of vague and something that helped me kind of make it a little bit more material was this framework that one of um, my friends and honestly like a mentor to me at Facebook, her name's Samira, um, she's an older RPM, but she, after interviewing a lot of older PMs at Facebook, kind of came up with this framework that there are essentially five traits that make a good PM. They're execution ability, so that's your ability to break a larger problem into smaller bits. Um, it's two data, so your ability to kind of go through the analytics and make decisions based on that data. Three design skills for your ability to lead and just your leadership qualities and to motivate people. And five, having a vision. So can you create this kind of overarching storyline of how your product fits into the company, not only now, but a few years from now? Um, the, and the thought is that a good PM essentially has a baseline threshold of all five of these skills. And um, beyond this threshold, if, you, if you're imagining kind of like an x-axis in your head, beyond this threshold, the levels can vary. Like you can be more design focused, you could be more engineering focused, so your execution level is higher. But the thought is that you have at least a baseline knowledge of all five of these skills. Um, and that kind of helps me think about what it takes to be a good PM because I personally think myself where I have deficits and what areas I'm weaker in and how I could make those other areas better. Interesting. So what do you think you're not as good at or what do you think you are quite good at? Yeah, I mean, I, so this is a good time to dive into my background, I guess, um, just to touch on it. So I graduated from UC Berkeley with a degree in business. Um, so in that sense, I think like more of my like strategy and like maybe leadership qualities based on my experiences, that level might be a little bit higher. I also um, got really interested in design and come from more of a design background. Um, from my time in college. So for me personally, I think like a designer and that's the way I approach PM. So my design levels are higher. Um, if you're doing kind of like the, if you're following along my engineer skills, since I didn't study computer science are probably lower. So that's kind of the area that I'm trying to learn more about and become a better PM in that regard. Um, just getting better at like kind of looking at a problem and breaking it down into those smaller bits that are reasonable to build, get to know the sprint timelines and things like that. Hmm. Sounds like you know yourself quite well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Is it weird being a 22-year-old PM? Yeah. So uh, that's a good question. Only because, yeah, I just graduated from college, like literally a few months ago in May. Uh, this is my first job. Like my first day at work was like kindergarten kind of all over again. It was a totally new phase of life. And just the fact that the word manager is in my job title and I'm 22 with, and this is my first job out of college is a little bit bizarre when you think about it. I mean, I'm really grateful that Facebook has this program to just do exactly that, give exposure to young people about what the field is actually like. But I think the biggest thing that I wasn't quite prepared for when I entered the job was like all of these insecurities that you have. Um, I mean, when you're in a meeting room, you have a ton of questions because you're new, not only to just your job, but also the company. So you don't know what half the acronym, more than half of the acronyms mean in a meeting. You need to get caught up on the product. You're working with engineers who are smarter than you, more experienced than you, have more context on the projects you're working on. Um, and it's just kind of like dealing with that knowledge that you have a lot of catching up to do can make you feel insecure and especially the sense that people are looking to you as the pm for sometimes a sense of direction is a little intimidating especially when you're new um, so that's something that i'm i'm still still dealing with at the company pretty good answer <laughs> Thanks. Uh, so speaking about your talking about your background um like so you studied business at berkeley i did um and from for my knowledge of business majors at mm -hmm. Berkeley, <laughs> product management is not exactly the most popular thing to do. It is not. Um, so why didn't you do the other things? And yeah. what, what do the other Berkeley business students do? Yeah. Um, so there's this kind of, I don't know if this is the same at other universities across the country, but the business school, there's this notion that people go into the ABCs for their career, which stands for accounting, banking, and consulting. So our business program really maximizes your chances of going into one of those fields. Our courses are designed around skills that apply to all three of those careers. Um, the people who are in the business program are usually aiming for one of those kind of roles. Um, and ironically enough, when I applied to the business school, um, you have to apply at Berkeley at the end of your sophomore year, and there's a 50% acceptance rate. So there's a chance that you might not even get in and graduate as a business major. But when I was applying, I kind of knew that I wasn't really interested in the ABCs. I guess I just always saw myself in tech. I was always interested in startups and entrepreneurship, and I was just fascinated by the industry and the way that tech can like change the course of our future even in a few years from now how did you know that how did i know that um i guess i grew up in the bay area so i was surrounded by tech um and that was just some something that i naturally gravitated towards um it was particularly heightened when i think when i came to berkeley i was interested in entrepreneurship in high school but i think i really got a good sense of how entrepreneurship and the tech space like coincide really when i came to college and was around the um kind of around San Francisco a little bit more. I was around people who were like reading TechCrunch all the time. And like, you know, I, there was so many events at Berkeley with like speakers from the tech industry, VCs coming in. And so I just had such a wide exposure to it. And it's just, I don't know if you guys remember the first time you guys kind of like latched on to tech, but for me, it was very, um, it's very addicting just to know kind of like what these brilliant people are working on, what they're imagining. Um, it, it's really kind of, uh, 
like crazy to think about. So I think for me, that really resonated with me. And I just felt like there was a sense of innovation that was going on within the tech industry that I didn't quite feel the same craving for in accounting, banking, or consulting. Um, so for me, like apart from the fact that there was kind of little bits of each one of those fields that I thought I wouldn't really like as much, um, that's kind of what made me think that I needed to find my place in tech. Um, and so, yeah, you know, I kind of like when I was in my accounting classes, I was like, I don't really belong here because this is not really related to what I want to do with my life. Um, so I kind of had like little existential crisis in class constantly. Um, but yeah, I think eventually I was able to carve my own path and really think about what it is I want to do with my life. And PM kind of wound up as part of that equation. And here I am. So for the other people who are perhaps where you were, say, as a freshman or sophomore mm -hmm. in college, trying to figure out, you know, should I go into the ABCs yeah. or should I go to Facebook? Um, do you have any advice in like how to think about like, would I be good um, at doing this product manager position and would I enjoy it? Um, are there any like questions you would ask yourself? Yeah. And I just want to make it clear, like, it's totally okay if you're interested in bank. I know people give bankers like a really hard time. It's totally okay if that's what you think it, that's what you want to do. I think really just being critical with yourself on the whys is really important because you just have to face the reality. Like there's going to be a time where you're going to be working late. And if you are totally unfulfilled, totally unhappy in doing that late night work, then, you know, you're just not going to be happy. And if that's something you care about, um, then it definitely deserves a kind of honest conversation with yourself very early on. Some people, honestly, I've met people who really don't care too much about like they don't find much fulfillment from their career. So they're totally fine with kind of doing whatever. Um, but for me personally, that's not kind of how I operate. I kind of see my um, time as like wow, your career is going to take up a huge portion of your life and it's really important to find something that you enjoy. Um, but for me, I think if you're in the position where you're kind of unsure, there are a lot of ways you can explore it. I mean, one is having conversations with people um, who you trust and you know will be honest with you about what it actually means to have that kind of career. What are the things they like? What are the things they dislike? Um, another way is honestly just leveraging this whole like magical concept of internships it's a great time to experiment my freshman year internship and my sophomore year internship were ones that I left feeling like okay I'm glad I tried that but I definitely don't want to do that after I graduate it was one was in like wealth management at Morgan Stanley and the other one was in VC which I really like to do but I just came to the conclusion that it was something I would be interested in when I'm like 40 with like a lot of experience and and or capital to invest in startups so those were like learnings I could only come to the conclusion to after I had tried it. Um, so making sure you actually like do consider that option and think about how you would react to it is really important. And um, three, my kind of personal litmus test is just like when I'm in the shower thinking about things, it's just kind of like, what could I pull an all nighter for and not be upset about it? I remember for me, my freshman year, I could like stay up all night kind of designing things for the clubs and groups I was a part of. And I loved it. I, I didn't need coffee because I would just stay up naturally. I was just so excited to work on it. And if you find what that is for you, I think that's a super power, powerful thing and stuff, definitely something that shouldn't be um, underrated and something you should explore more. Those are kind of like my three, I guess, things that I thought about personally when I was going through this thought process. How about money? Money. Yes. It is important for some people, isn't it? Um, I, money, it's interesting. Um, I know for a lot of people, especially I met plenty of people in the business program who, where this was a main driver for them. Honestly, like 
it's, it's something that's really personal to someone. I've heard stories where, you know, people didn't grow up with the best like financial standing with their parents and money is a main motivator because they want to make a better life for their for themselves and their children and, and whatever. And that's totally respectable. Um, for me personally, I never really used money as a motivator. I've just always found like my thought process is like life can be, can seem so short when you think about it in numbers and experiences. Sometimes I want to maximize for my happiness. And if that means like, you know, I have to like, like sacrifice not as high of a salary as some of my peers, um, but I'm doing something I love, I would rather do something I love. And I also feel that if you are super passionate about something, you can find a way to like make it work for you. But it all depends on like what you value, what you value in life. And everyone's entitled to feel the way they feel about that. Cool. It's very inspiring. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you think so. <laughs> um, so in thinking about your sort of college experience, uh, do you, do you think about like, you know, what did I do that gave me the opportunity to like become a PM at Facebook and also maybe like, you know, what would I have done again um, if I had the chance? Yeah. Um, it's kind of weird because I don't know. I don't know what Facebook was thinking when they hired me. Um, ironically enough, like just quick, quick story. Um, my resume is actually like more of a design resume. Like they're, it's not your typical like serif font black and white resume. It has like colors all over it. And there's even like a picture of me with like wearing a snapback on it. Just like super casual. Um, and my manager at Facebook was actually telling me the other day that he like picked me to be the person he manages because I seem so different and like <laughs> wacky and like unconventional. Um, I remember I had this like specific thought that, um, I, I had heard some places like, um, I'm not going to name names of companies, but some companies like actually did not like those kind of design resumes cause they wanted a format that would help them go through resumes really quickly. And so I was kind of torn. I was applying to some places with a like black and white resume. I was applying to some places with my business resume or sorry, with my design resume. And I kind of came to the conclusion at the end that I wouldn't want to work for a company that didn't value like the time and creativity I put in my resume. Um, so I was like one thing that, that I thought personally, and, and that just kind of speaks to like, what do you value in a company? What do you personally value and how do those values line up with where you're applying? Um, so that's just like a small anecdote, but in general at a high level, what do I think Facebook, um, like saw in me? Uh, I, I'm not sure. I think, uh, based on my experience in college, I spent a lot of time, um, working with some friends to found a startup incubator called Free Ventures. Um, it was student run and our main mission was just to help support cow entrepreneurs in whatever way we can, we could because we saw a gap in the market, just a lack of support um, on all fronts, on monetary fronts, on knowledge fronts, like no mentorship or whatever. Um, and so I think Facebook really likes that kind of proactive entrepreneurial spirit. So I think that kind of was in line with the type of character they want to hire. Um, but I mean, honestly, I'm not sure. I haven't spoken to anybody about why they <laughs> chose to hire me. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, you know, if you could go back to day one of college, do you think you would have approached your college experience differently at all? Would um, you have, like, studied business again? Um, would you have still done free ventures, yeah. et cetera? Um, I, it's hard to answer these questions because um, I, I got to where I am now and I'm really happy with my place. Um, so it's hard to kind of like think about what you would retroactively change. But if I could do college again, I probably would not major in business just because I feel like I didn't take 
advantage of the academic fulfillment I could have gotten from UC Berkeley. Um, just like I said, like the classes I was attending, I was just constantly questioning why I was there because I was not extremely interested and did not find the information to be that relevant to me. Um, I would probably do something like computer science or um, a major at Cal called cognitive science, which is a little bit more design focused, or even something like city and urban development, because that's something I'm interested in. Um, I just think it's really important for you to think about like your major as an opportunity to learn and explore different areas and just think about like the time you're spending in class and whether or not you feel that's going to contribute to your fulfillment, whether that's career or personal fulfillment in the future. Cool. Yeah. Um, so kind of going back to Facebook, mm -hmm. um, I, I'm really curious to hear like, what do you think is unique about working at Facebook? Mm, that's interesting. It's also interesting for me because I don't really know, this is my first job out of college, so I don't know what it's like at other com uh, tech companies. But what I've gotten the sense of at Facebook is one, I really like how their culture makes it feel very startup-y, even though there's thousands and thousands of people working there. I think now it's pushing almost like 15,000, something like that. Um, it's huge, but you feel the sense of like, this is kind of cliche, but things are definitely moving very fast at Facebook. If you want something to happen, um, you can easily like implement it, use data to illustrate your point, And it can, it's not without the realm of possibility that those things can happen. That's something. Two, uh, man, I just had this thought the other day because every Friday, Mark uh, Zuckerberg does a Q&A with the whole company where he just addresses everyone, um, talks about like, top of mind, things he's thinking about, questions that might have happened um, throughout the course of the week. And it's just kind of crazy to think that, you know, every week I'm like in the room listening to one of the biggest, most influential tech celebrities like in the world. Like this guy has met like the Pope, like Obama, <laughs> like he, he is up there and I'm walking the same halls as him and like making eye contact with him while I'm on my way to another meeting. Um, and that in itself is inspirational, um, especially for someone like me, where I think like somewhere down the road, I don't want to die or leave this earth without having tried starting something. And just to kind of like work at his company, see the way he runs things. Um, it, it's really inspirational, honestly. And you really feel that he's trying to um, propel his mission of making the world more open and connected. Um, and just to feel like you're a part of something that's bigger than you is, is incredible. Yeah. What do you say to all the people that think, you know, Facebook is not the best thing because it's just <laughs> getting people addicted to like scrolling through a news feed yeah. um, and they have all these like privacy problems. Yeah. yeah. I mean, India. honestly, yeah. <laughs> India. <laughs> honestly, I'm one of those people who spends hours and hours of time on my news feed. I like, it's ironic because like if I, if my high school self had known that I would end up working at Facebook, like it, it's kind of laughable because like my parents would ground me and like take away my Facebook time. But um, what do I say to the haters? I mean, man, honestly, I feel like if you have haters, you're kind of doing something right because it means you're being a little bit like contrarian and there's bound to be people who disagree with you. Um, I know like, honestly, I think on the whole, Facebook and what the company is doing is a net positive. Um, I think there's just so much that can be learned, shared, when you are just being more open and when you are actually like connecting with people who you might not interact with. I mean, we do this thing where we tell like Facebook stories and there, there are countless stories of people whose lives have been like heavily impacted positively by Facebook. Even my dad, for example, like he's retired and I, and like, I don't have any siblings and he's kind of home alone by himself all the time. And I, and I worry honestly for his happiness, but 
through Facebook, he's able to find people who he can relate to and talk to, and he doesn't feel lonely whatsoever. And so like when you kind of think about those stories, I think it's hard to dispute like those kind of feelings of happiness and inclusion that the platform provides people. And sure, there are going to be like haters and issues that pop up, but I mean, Facebook and the work that we need to do is nowhere close to done. And there's always something somewhere the company can go towards. I don't know. Yeah. Are you a, are you a Facebook hater? <laughs> no, I'm not a Facebook hater. <laughs> okay. Um, I know I've heard many sort of arguments against Facebook, so it's interesting hearing yeah. the Facebook side of things. I mean, like, yeah, if you like go through like TechCrunch articles, especially from the past few years, like maybe 2008 or something in Facebook, like obviously, like you know, there are a lot of things that maybe we should have handled better or whatever, but I mean, it's just, that's what happens when you're working on the scale of a platform for like 1.8 billion people, you know? It's a big number. It Lots is a of big zeros. number. It's a big number. Uh, so earlier you were talking about breakfast. Um, oh yeah, dude. And I'm curious, what do you, so, <laughs> so for people that haven't, you know, been to Facebook's campus, what, mm-hmm. what kind of like perks do you guys have? And do you have a, a favorite one? Yeah, well, you know, Actually, I think I heard this somewhere, but I, I haven't like confirmed fact check, but the person who designed Facebook was actually like a designer for Disneyland and people who I take to visit Facebook normally get the sense that like, wow, it feels like Disneyland. There is, for those of you who don't know, there's like a sweet shop that serves like dessert and ice cream like throughout the workday and obviously like it's all free, um, you know. They have food everywhere. They do your laundry for you. Um, you know, they give you like a wellness benefit. I even found out like during orientation, there's this thing called baby cash where like the company, if you, if you like have a child, they'll like help you pay for those small things like diapers. I mean, they really like have thought of a very comprehensive like perks program. It's really interesting actually, um, like just to think about how like tech companies use that to just like retain people and make sure they're happy. And, you know, Facebook is definitely taking this seriously, but I stand by what I said. Breakfast is definitely the best perk for me. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, cool. Uh, so I think we'll try to wrap up relatively soon, sure. um, but I'm curious if you have any sort of advice or any tips for people that are, you know, trying to figure out, you know, what should I do after college or what should I do in college? Um, yeah. Do you have any pointers? Yeah. I mean, I think just to reiterate, like finding out what it is that you love to do as early as possible is really important. Um, I, I went to an extremely competitive high school and Berkeley is definitely competitive. And I know as well as anybody else that it's really easy to get swept up in what people think about you and what people think is reputable or exclusive and to want those things, um, which is kind of how I felt about being a business major, honestly. It, it felt like you know it was competitive and, and I knew I had a goal of wanting to be a business major and to achieve that goal, I had to get into the business school. And so I was really like, had my blinders on to really like achieve that goal. But in retrospect, um, it, I didn't have an honest conversation with myself early enough about what it is I wanted to do. So the sooner you can do that, I feel like the better. Um, and a second thing is just to really surround yourself around the right people. I know it's really generic um, information, but you know, in college, I found myself in situations where there were some people around me that weren't the best, most supportive relationships. Um, you know, I didn't like who I was around them, and it's it's really difficult to kind of 
cut out those relationships or to find the right people to surround yourself with. But the more time you spend on that, I think it's time you won't regret and strengthening those personal relationships just because your mental health and your personal happiness are things that I personally believe are super important um, and something that often goes underrated and I don't think people spend enough time talking about it. So um, yeah, I, I think like as a young person, it's tough to consider all those meta questions and it's tough to um, I guess like understand if you haven't experienced it, but in my like past, those are kind of things that I would choose to focus on. Cool. Um, <laughs> and do you also have maybe some suggestions for like, resources that yeah. are useful to people like books, blogs, people to follow on Twitter? Yeah. Well, the um, YouTube if... channels, <laughs> Snapchat, oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Instagram oh. Follow- or people. <laughs> the list goes on and on. Um, well, in terms of like, if you're interested in PM and if you're interviewing for PM, there's the Cracking the PM interview book, which is written by um, one of the, I think she's the co-founder of Asana. I might be wrong, but she works at Asana. She's very influential. She wrote the Cracking the Coding interview book, um, but that's just a good one to get your foundation if you're interested and new to PM and think that you might want to do it. Um, also, I think it's just really important to have things that you grab inspiration from and are interested in that aren't necessarily related directly to tech. For me, that's I'm really interested in like city and urban development and also like fashion and things like that. So just finding those personal resources for you, um, I think is really important, whether it's newsletters. For me, it's City Lab, which is a newsletter about um, city and urban development. Um, and also just like the people you surround yourself with. Honestly, like I am one of those people who I don't check the news necessarily every single morning. But I learn the most from the people around me, whether it's like the networking sessions I attend, the workshops I attend, the people in my like cohorts and um, the people who I discuss ideas with um, over coffee. I just think it's really valuable to surround yourself with those people who make you think a little bit harder about everyday things um, is probably the best resource I could recommend. Cool. Um, And as a parting sort of final note, you have... (laughs) um, like, where can people find you if they want to learn more or get into contact? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, my name's kind of unique. I have yet to meet someone whose name conflicts mine on Google. Um, but I go by JC Stoy everywhere on the internet, whether that's Medium, because I like to write sometimes, whether it's Twitter, whether it's Instagram, you can usually find me at that handle. Cool. Well, thank you for joining me. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. <laughs>